You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Hey guys, today is Soulful Sunday, and today we're going to discuss how to create an effective work-life balance strategy. I 100% believe that priorities are the key ingredients to any successful recipe for a work-life balance. I always go back to the saying, we're not a product of our circumstances, rather we're a product of our decisions. So whatever we're doing and deciding important right now is showing up as results and shaping the current set of circumstances in our lives right now. And it goes both ways, productive and counterproductive. So here to help us look at some of the ways we can begin producing better results and establish a nice work-life balance is someone who has made it his mission in life to do just that. It's Robert Holt here in Anthem, Arizona. And as you can tell, we're sitting poolside right now on a beautiful 95 degree day in Anthem, Arizona. And here's the latest weather update. It's uh, 90, exactly 99 degrees, 10% humidity, winds out of the southwest at 10 miles per hour, <laughs> zero precipitation. The UV index is 10 and visibility is 10 miles. So Robert, how are you doing today, buddy? Man, doing pretty well. You know, the reason I have you on the show is because I've seen you at the gym several times with your daughter, and it seems you made it a priority. I'm not sure when this became your priority, but you seem like you have a pretty good grip on a work-life balance strategy. Was that, is that fair? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a work-life balance. I actually just think it's a life balance, and work becomes part of life. And, you know, you had mentioned something even before we started talking here about got to know your whys, and I'm big on that, too. Cause it's, the why guy. Sometimes questions are a lot more important than answers. And, uh, but, but understanding why you do something and what's important is, uh, I think, fundamental to consistency. And... It, uh, you know, you talked about having my daughter down here. She's 12 now. And as a parent, you try to find a balance. First of all, you try to lead by example. Right. Um, and with my daughter, and I've got a 15-year-old son, I've always, since the day they were able to cognize and recognize things, they've seen me uh, just about every day of the week work out of some magnitude, whether it's in a gym or whether it's going for a run or something like that. So they've understood early on that it's a big part of what I am about. And then I try to show them why and uh, the benefits from making a commitment to oneself, uh, not in a vanity way, but in a holistic, healthy way of being able to, um, you know, deal with so many things. One, if you're stronger and, and, uh, from working out, you're able to, to handle the, the ups and downs of life a little bit better, but uh, it becomes much more holistic. It's a, it's a body-mind um, incorporating wellness into one's life. Yeah, it's, it, it, it takes a certain mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and d determination, your why. See, most of us aren't even aware of the sub subconscious habits we have in place right now mm -hmm. that are producing results. Mm -hmm. it, and some of the things we're really good at aren't so good for us. If you're really good at procrastinating or being lazy or negative, that's going to produce a result. Mm -hmm. So that's why I go back to my saying, it's not our circumstances, it's what we're doing to create those circumstances. So today during this interview, I know that you're going to have some insight and inspiration 
uh, to share with our listeners is how you decided to and when you decided to make it a priority to become that role model for your kids because did you see it as a kid yourself oh yeah you know early on in my life there was uh for whatever reason my my parents actually weren't this way so um but growing up there was um sports actually became an outlet for me to be able to um you know maybe find a sense of self and uh, find not a risk reward but an effort reward where uh, the more i put into a sport the more I got back out of it and was fortunate enough to be uh, blessed because you can't take any credit for what you've just been given. You can only enhance it. Um, I did my best to enhance what I had and then got some positive results out of it. And then through that process, you learn that, you know, there, there's um, the upside of things. There's there's polarity in life and everything. So there's there's many days you don't feel like getting up, going, getting dressed, going to the gym or going for a run and doing those sorts of things. But your why of understanding that when I'm done with that or what that's doing for me on multiple levels, physical, mental, spiritual, all those, um, it then becomes, then that's the motivation to be able to do it when you don't feel like doing it. You're driving force. Yeah, because you, you understand the upside outweighs any of the negative downside of what it is that you're doing. And I think that totally applies to everything, kind of what you're speaking of in life. We... we we don't often realize the connection between that everything we do has a result. Mm-hmm. And if we are coming from a place of wanting the short-term um, upside of maybe staying in bed a little bit longer, then we're going to have to pay a price on the not getting maybe something that is in a long-term greater benefit. Humanity seems to have that as, as one of our flaws. Maybe we, we don't, we have the inability sometimes to look far into the distance and we're, we're more concerned with just the moment, which is a good place to be at times, but not always the most productive when it, and when it relates to um, maybe what's in our best interest mm-hmm. long term. Right. So both of your children, were they receptive when you implemented this and they saw you uh, years ago, were they on board right away or did it take some convincing and some no, buy-in yeah they have to buy in you know it's like anything you you can you can preach but the preaching doesn't do any good until it becomes experimental within themselves and i tried to do this with everything um and, and teaching them whether it's as simple as you know they both unfortunately have phones um which in that they're also having to learn how to monitor themselves and see when okay wow i'm and i'm trying to guide them in this direction of if, if you're on that phone for a certain amount of time, how, long, how does that feel? And do you feel like you're being controlled by that phone? Because kids and humans don't, I mean, we don't do real well when we're just being told to do something. If we learn it ourselves and we feel the reward, it, it, the, the reward and the understanding, it becomes experimental, we feel it, then, we, then it's a much stronger connection then it's no longer just do it because you're, someone's telling you to do it. That doesn't last real long. No. And that's even willpower. It doesn't really last real long until it becomes a deeper awareness. And so what I've tried to do with them with, with, um, is, one, show them through my action mm-hmm. of that, yeah, there's benefit to this. And it's not just from you know, becoming uh, Mr. Olympia. That's, that's not what I'm about at all. I physically don't have those gifts. It's more about the, the movement of the body. Our bodies are made to move. And the more we take care of them, the more that it's going to be a vehicle in which we can use that's going to help us um, in our daily lives 
again, from handling stress to just endurance, trying right. to keep up with keep up with the kids. So for them, what I've tried to do is show them by example, but then implement it with them and show them uh, with my son when he started three years ago, we'd get up at five o'clock and come down before he'd go to school. And, and of course, he hated it. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, how'd that work out in the beginning? Not, not real well, <laughs> except for every time we left at 6.30 or so, yeah. he felt great. And then he would compare that to how he would then feel the rest of the day. And he could then see that, okay, wow, by even getting up early, getting this out of the way, coming in, doing that workout at 630, I've done more than most people have done all day. And he felt great about himself. A sense of accomplishment. Exactly. Right. Which we have to do. Sometimes, you know, that's part of life. We have to do things in order to get that sense of accomplishment. Right. So your daughter is here with you. you so now when I saw you a few weeks back, you had told me that she's on a five day a week plan. You, mm -hmm. you make it a requirement that she gets here five days a week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and requirement is it, it's highly encouraged. Encouragement, um, okay. Yeah, fair. Where it is, um, and I will, to be honest, there have been times when it's a requirement. In fact, with my son, initially he had gotten himself, he'd, he'd done something that he wasn't supposed to do. He broke one of the rules of the house. So yep. it was, okay, so let's get some discipline, and here's how we're going to do it. And I've seen that progression with him for three years now. So to say that it's not ever required is probably not completely true. Mm -hmm. But it's what I try to do with them in something like this is if I feel like if I have to make them do it, mm -hmm. then while they can get something out of it, it's really not their decision. So I'm trying to place it with with a, an emphasis on you're making a decision based upon what's best for you. It's a fine line. Yeah, it it's is. Especially in the beginning when you're trying to create that ha a healthy habit and maybe even break a bad one. Right. Because, you know, I'm, I was a teenager at one point way back when, and you were too, and things always weren't uh, fun when they were orders were given by my parents. Mm -hmm. It's like resistance. Mm -hmm. And we right. talked about this a minute ago, resistance. Yep. What impressed me was uh, when I saw you here a few weeks back, you said that your daughter, 13, Right. Twelve. Twelve. OK. Mm -hmm. She she was on day six that week. Mm -hmm. She decided on her own mm -hmm. after her five fifth day, she wanted to come on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And that was very impressive. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at, too, where what's happening is that in the case of, of this instance, she's doing it. She's making these choices herself. Right. Which, you know, I could drop dead tomorrow. You know, the goal of a parent, you know, in my view anyway, is we're really trying to besides give the love and the, the encouragement and uh, the, the protection, we're trying to set them up for success later in life. Sure. And that success isn't about becoming a millionaire or whatever that happens, that's great. It's much more about how are you going to function in this world and be happy and feel good about yourself. So taking it back to this instance, the, the reality is, is that when she now is starting to see, wow, I'm getting, and she, she was just saying it yesterday, how much, because she plays softball, she's on an all-star team, and they do a lot of running, and mm -hmm. she's like, I feel so strong compared to where she once was, and compared to others. Um, so she's feeling that benefit, and then right. now, and as you know, is that once you get into this, it's almost... Momentum builds. It, it is right? a momentum. Everything in life is a sure. mo momentum. And, and so that momentum now is in a positive way, and, and that's what's going to feed her so that this is not something that her dad is telling her to, that she has to kind do. Kind of passing the torch onto her. That now it's her decision, responsibility. Embraces, right, right, for herself. You know, I once heard it said too. somebody, and I, I guess I've always kind of taken it in this way, is that, you know, working out is really like having a second job that you have to do, but you're doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a good metaphor, is that you really, this is something that, 
that at the bottom of it, you do for yourself. Sure. And it, in, in you know, some cheesy way, it's a form of self-love. There can be vanity and all that other stuff, but when you rip all that stuff away, you're doing it because you want to take care of this vessel and this vehicle in which you are. It's a miracle. And it, you oh, think about it. The body is a miracle. We don't think about it. That's the that's problem. The, that's the problem. You know, can that's, be. that's where, you know, we are what we are aware of. You know, that's it. we know what we know. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And and where the mind goes and where it focuses tends to be what we draw to ourselves. Sure. You know? And if we then start to appreciate the value of taking care of the body, then it, it's not again, it's not a willpower thing. It's not a cho- it's not a chore. It's something that you lovingly do. Um, and that that transcends just working out. That's what I, I think everything is food, you know, whether it's mental food or whether it's physical food, spiritual food, all of that. And that's what creates really who we are. And then who we are is what creates the next moment. And so it's been wonderful to watch both of my kids, in this case, especially a daughter who is, you know, right at that stage. And, and as a parent, you don't want to overly push too hard. It's a really an art, not a science, of trying to figure it's out. It's a fine line, as opposed to um, you know being com- you can't be completely nonchalant because then I believe we're a product of our conditioning and part genetic and part conditioning, and that goes that can be a whole podcast on its own. That's a pretty deep conversation, but it can. And I, I firmly believe choosing not to choose is still a choice. Deciding not to decide, you're still making a decision not to do something or to do something. And if you do too many of those not to dos then your circumstances are going to be a, a direct result of that. Sure. You know, so let's, I mean, let's just kind of slide into the uh, work-life balance. I know you said it's just, would you say it's, it's more of a life balance? It's just what you do. Right. But most people, I would say, have a struggle with that because it seems the more children you have, the bigger your financial responsibility is, which means you're dedicating more time to your job and less time to your family. That's a fine line. And that can be a kind of a tightrope walk, and it, and it, it takes it a, a different mindset to be consciously aware of how much time am I giving to my family, how much time am I giving to my job, and to, to have a nice equal balance. What did, how, how have you found the most successful uh, steps that you've taken to create that balance? Yeah, there, there's probably never a one-size-fit-all answer because everybody's got different situations and different priorities. But again, it comes down to what are your whys, you know, and it, it is if... I know if I'm at my best, then that's going to make me a better father and better whatever I'm doing in the world from an um, economic standpoint of, of earning a living. And, and it, it's so it has for me, it's it's just innate. It becomes a priority because it makes me better at everything else that I do of just taking care of the body and that that act of, of doing it. So it's never really been a challenge of having to find a balance when the mindset is a, of you know, what my whys are, why I'm doing it. And that it's, you know, when you become, especially a, and there's, a, you know, again, it's hard to put it in a straight line because there's different periods of times in our life when, when there is, if, if you're not married, you don't have kids, and then maybe it's, you know, you've got a different set of priorities. Absolutely. And by the time you get to my age, which will be 52 in a, in a month, then, you know, your priorities shift and change. But you've still got a body throughout all this period of time. And if you take care of it, you're going to function much better throughout, regardless of when, where you find yourself at what stage of life. Let's talk about this then. You, uh, you were very successful. You, hit a, you had a strong run in real estate, yes? Correct. 
About 10 years? Yes. Okay. So to become that successful in the real estate business did require, I'm going to guess, a big chunk of time. Mm -hmm. You're married. Mm -hmm. You have a nice supportive yes. wife. Yes. You had to share responsibilities. Maybe when you weren't at home, she picked up some of the time that you weren't there and vice versa. Sure. Mm -hmm. okay. Equal. And what is your top three whys as to why you decided to make this a priority for you? Again, you know, it may sound selfish, but I realize the, the better I take care of myself, the better I'm going to take care of everyone else. And if I let myself go, then that's not going to be productive for me physically, mentally, emotionally. And then every time that happens and I take less from myself, then I can't give that. You can only give what you've got. So for me, it is, you've got one life. That's it. And, and circumstances play a huge role in what happens in that life. And the only thing I can really truly control is what it is that I'm doing. So if I can take better care of myself on all those le levels of mental, learn, constantly learning, constantly growing spiritually and constantly growing and taking care of this body to the best I can, then that's making me a better person, which can then help directly my family and anyone else that I may come in contact with. So I don't even know if I have three. It's, it's that one it is the main thing. And, and especially when, uh, you know, fortunately now I'm not working like that at all. I've been able to take a one-year sabbatical and turn it into four. But when I was working in, in to, to that extent, it, it was, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. That's what I'm getting at. That's, what, that's what I want to hear. That's the story. That's the formula I want to How can you work 70 hours a week and, and still have a – were there sacrifices at home when you were working 70 hours a week? Uh, you know, you just – you, you do what you've got to do, you know, and again, my, my life was real simple. My, my life came down to my family and my kids and my work and then you know, myself included in that. So, you know, there wasn't, you know, I wasn't out, you have to make some choices, you know, so time management. Of, exactly. Huge. You know, so I'm not going to go play golf with my buddies all the time. If spend four or five hours when I need to be spending that time with my kids or working out and I'm not, you know, begrudging golf at all but it's just a time management thing you only have so much time in your life and that's going to fluctuate and change all the time but when you're when you're burdened with a workload of work family life raising kids then something's got to go you know sure. maybe that something needs to be spending four TV. hours at a bar or tv or you know golf or whatever it is and there's there's and it all goes back to Priority. what's important sure what's important to me and um and, and so, yeah, even during that period of time, it became even more vital because it's a stress-relieving activity of, of working out, taking care of, of making it into the gym, um, and being able to continue to find a balance. And I see people that lose that balance all the time. And, and once you get on that ride, man, it's hard to get back. It's really Because like we momentum. talked about earlier, that momentum right. takes you in that direction. Mm -hmm. And to change the direction takes effort. Yeah, you know, there's an old saying, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to raise a kid than it is to rehabilitate a man, raise a kid right way, and then to rehabilitate a man. Well, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's, it's once you get off track, it's not impossible, of course, nothing is, but it's easier to stay on track than, you know, those days when, God, I just don't feel like doing it, and then you do it, then you've kept that momentum going 
as opposed to once you start slipping, uh, at least for me, that's what I found, is that it's easier to just keep the train going than it is to try to keep stopping the train and get it started again. So just to keep the movement going tends to work out better, even if it doesn't have to be a two-hour workout. Maybe no. it's a 30 minutes workout. Just doing something, and, I, and that's where it just triggers inside. And I saw this with my kids, too, is that, God, I feel good for just doing what many people aren't doing because exactly. it's easier to lay in bed. But the results... You know, you can you can argue with reality all you want, but you can't argue with the consequences of arguing with reality. It is what it is. I love the saying, if you stay fit, you never have to get fit. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I was talking to you and your daughter, and I told her I've been working out now probably for close to 35 years. I'm not saying every day, mm -hmm. but on a regular basis. And I said this to you, it's never been a day in 35 years where I've said to myself, you know what? I really wish I didn't go to the gym today. But there's plenty of days where I say, I wish I would have gone. So just taking that, even if it's a 30-minute walk on a treadmill, I'm at the gym keeping that momentum and building on those habits. Yeah, and to even say, you know, because there is a point, too. It's like there is, we learn from everything. And that's kind of the approach I try to take and frame my life is that there is nothing good or bad in it. I'm, I'm able to, if I'm able to learn, then it's been perfect. Because, and that's where the days that we miss or the, even the days we, we kind of, set it aside and don't do it if from that we get a feeling of wow i wish i really would have done that then then we've just learned something so even in those days we miss it's positive if we're learning we're growing and that's i think the bottom line of what this whole life is about and i think managing your time at work and meeting deadlines keeps you from having to play catch up so you're going to work and maximize your time effectively rather than spending any more time at work that you have to mm -hmm. by playing catch up. Oh, yeah. So that time yeah. you're not at work, you're, you're on track. I believe in the five P's, proper planning prevents poor performance. So if you're properly planning at all times, then it's gonna leave you a little extra time to do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and again, it's prioritizing what's what's important and getting done. And, and that's, you know, that again is a deep conversation because everybody's got a different, different idea of what what's important. Sure. And then making time for your family uh, vacations. What was that like when you're working 70 hours a week for 10, 10 years? Uh, you know, in real estate, it's difficult because, you know, there's there's not a time clock you're, you're punching. So you're always kind of doing it, but it has to be done. You, you've, there is, you can, it's kind of like running a marathon. You can do that, but not too many people can do it every day. You got to take a break. You've got to, you've got to find some balance, even when things are, um, out of balance with regard to you know I've, this period of time in my life i have to work really hard to take care of something if that's where one is but if one loses the sense of of finding some time to take a break you know the the, the mind can't handle the non-stop working or, or we'll find ways in which to uh to, to find our happiness but sometimes those aren't the best ways through drinking too much or whatever. Maybe. Sure. And we all have things that we know we need to be doing and we're not doing. So I have found if I get the stuff that's not fun out of the way first, then it's done. Yep. It, you know, get those tasks that you're not really enjoying, get them done out of the way, check them off your list and then work your way down that list from there. And I think that's very important. People don't realize that I know I don't want to do it. So forever, 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 they're putting it off. Just it's get worse. it done, right? It it's gets worse. worse. It's worse. And again, that's the lessons I try to teach my kids of, of whether it's something as simple as 
um, eating the asparagus first while you're hungry, (laughs) get it out of the way so you don't have to think about it all during dinner or get the homework done. Yeah. So you don't have to just because sure. that spoils your <laughs> yeah. whole time thinking about oh i got to get that done later on yeah you know the mind is a beautiful beautiful thing it's amazing just like this body but our thoughts and how we use them are critical to where we're either happy um successful whatever that means to someone uh but if the thoughts are used in a proper way they can be magical but when they're used in the wrong way, you know, the, the old expression work of, against you before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. But the difference is afterwards, you, you're not letting those thoughts control that activity and the misery of it. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. I've seen it with my daughter, too. The whole idea of and myself, all of us, we're all the same. Right. Is that oh, I don't want to go work out. Well, it's it's all in the head. It's those thoughts that are churning right there that we, we then latch on to that then create Feelings. the misery, That's that right. creates that suffering, it's whereas it's just the thought. And, and even yesterday when we came in, I was like, all right, we're going to do a light day. She's got long, hard workouts at night, so let's just come in and do a light day. And about Put halfway through it, I noticed she's pushing up. She's putting, on the, putting more weight on, doing more reps. So it's like, it's, so the mindset was, well, we're going to go in and not take it too hard. But the body actually wanted to do more. So the mind gets in our way Easily. so often that that if we don't watch that and we're not aware of it and most of us aren't we just got all this chatter going on all the time and we don't even know what's going on there but when we can become aware of it and then start to go let it go chatter and that's half of the problem or 90 percent of the problem even sure i I liken it to uh, i've never been deep sea fishing but i've seen plenty of videos and they go deep sea fishing the guys are on the back of that boat and they get that big fish that big tuna and then it bites that line and that tuna wants to take off the other direction and they take forever trying to reel it back in. It could be hours. It's like a negative mm-hmm. thought. If we're not careful with those negative mm-hmm. thoughts, we latch on and that negative thought will take us a day, a week, a year, a lifetime. If we're not careful and aware that it's only a negative thought, we allow it to have control mm-hmm. over our minds and then it's going to start producing negative results. So, I mean, I, I, that's, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page there. I want to ask you before you scoot out of here is your kids... You're very involved. Uh, do you have to monitor who they're hanging out with? You know, I, I'd like to say it's no different than it was when, when we were growing up, but, but it is. It's a lot different now. And uh, in some regards, the intensity is, is much more um, than what it was when we were growing up. There is a loss of innocence at an earlier age, the exposure to all the, um, the, the, the social media and everything. That's the, the, There's just not many filters out there for young kids. They go from... And I'm believing there's a guy going around the planet giving Christmas presents out to um, all of a sudden being thrown into worrying about whether their school is going to get shot up. I mean, it's very, very difficult for these kids, and I feel for them very, very much, all of these kids right now. Uh, but we are a product of our conditioning. And, you know, birds of a feather hang together. And especially these these young ages where they're very impressionable, they're trying to make their own way in this world. They don't understand consequence at all at this point. The, the, the frontal lobe's not developed. They, they get themselves, if they're in with a crowd that's not right, then just by, by momentum again and the need to fit in, some bad things can take place. So I think it's vital that parents stay, we have to stay even more involved than ever before in in our children's lives 
especially as they get older, especially as they move into the preteen and into the teenage years. And to have a bond so that they know that they can trust us, we can try to guide them. We, they'll they'll fl soon figure out we don't know everything anyway, but we're there to help them. We're on their same side. And that, that's what, what the role is. So yeah, unfortunately in this day and age, even in a beautiful community like this, it's, it's, it, we can't escape from the fact that there is and challenges. Yeah, there's challenges. And, but you know, as I said earlier, if we look at life as every single thing, everything is an opportunity to learn and grow, then, then really nothing's bad. It's, it's an opportunity to learn and to grow. You said you've been on a sabbatical, started with a one year, now it's been four years. You got out of real estate on purpose? Was it a plan? Ten, when you start, when you got into real estate, was it a 10 year plan? Say, okay, 10 year, year 10, I'm getting out. Or did you have an epiphany? It's like, this is just not for me. And if you did, when did it happen? And what was that epiphany that said, this is not fulfilling? Well, it was um, a little bit of all of that. I, I, there was, to me, real estate, I saw it as an, a means to an end. It was an opportunity. There is um, there's a way in which you can add value uh, to, to people. And for me, I have to know my whys in everything I'm doing. And there are certainly times in my life where I had to do something just because I needed to make money. That wasn't it necessarily with real estate. Uh, but it was, a, I got into real estate alone with my wife so that we were able to be flexible and someone was going to be home when our kids got home. We could be involved in their lives. I could coach them in baseball and football, whatever else, and be, be there with them. It, it provides that opportunity. Uh, fortunately, we, we had reached a level where I didn't have to continue doing it. And I had reached a place in my life where I was approaching 48 at the time. And I started to go, all right, I've, I've, I've reached somewhat of a pinnacle neck. A lot compared to some people, of course, but own a home, have cars, do this, and, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm still missing something, and I'm at that period of time in my life where you start to realize, okay, mm. you're not going to live forever. It is true. I am going to die. So what is this whole thing about? And so it, 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 that was the impetus for me to be able to, to break away. We saw it as an opportunity to, to take the kids, and we went to Costa Rica for and spent a year and living in a jungle on the ocean and having a totally different experience than, than what we're, we're accustomed to. And uh, so it was a little bit of both. It wasn't a strict plan, 10 years I'm out. Um, it w I was very fortunate to be able to have enough success in it that I could make this choice and not everyone gets to do that. And I realized, you know, it, and I worked sure. really hard, don't get me wrong. And I, I, but I also recognize the, the role, just good fortune plays in it. You know, that, that there's a lot of things I'm just not in control of. I'm only in control really of how I choose to look at life. Uh, but for me to be able to move out of uh, being able to uh, not have to work and be able to take some time off. Real estate was never your purpose? No, you know, it was, I try to find purpose in whatever I'm doing. In fact, when we were the most successful um, in real estate was during the, the crisis, the real estate crisis. And my purpose was not how many homes I was selling, but how many people I was helping get out from underneath uh, short sales. And, um, and because it was a very tumultuous time, it was very difficult for many people. And I felt like I was able to help them through that, both through just having a conversation with them and then help relieve them from a financial burden that um, many needed to get out from. So it, it gave me greater purpose than just selling a house. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, good real estate agents actually have a lot of value to people because they can share information. And, um, and that's basically what someone's doing. All right, so before we let you get out of here, I want to know the three things that you've actually 
done in your lifetime that was on that list that you're able to check off as accomplishments? You know, I don't, I don't know if I categorize anything as, as list like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people do. I've lived my life pretty much from a standpoint of going with what I believe is right in that particular moment. And I stay true to that. And I, I also operate from an open mind that it, when someone shows me I'm not doing or there's a better way of doing it, then um, I take that approach. I don't definitely don't think I have all the answers. And in fact, this, if I pat myself on the back or anything, it's just going to stay open minded to constantly be learning and, and truth. So, you know, I I've had a pretty wild and varied life. Um, I never set out to do any one particular thing. Uh, my My greatest goal is to be the best that I can be given the talents and gifts that I have um, to non-stop growing as a human being and um, and if I can share a little bit of that with other people and help them and help them just have a little bit better day then um, then I think that goes a long and way. And what's your definition of purpose Robert? Well I think we all have to find our own purpose and that's constantly changing based upon what we are conditioned to believe and what we think is right and who we think we are and and what's happening in our life at that particular moment. Um, ultimately for me the greatest purpose is to, you know, to ask some of the questions uh, I'd rather ask questions that don't have answers than to have answers that I can't question and to to be able to just really understand who I am a little bit. Yeah, more so many books day. have been written on finding your purpose in life. Uh, blogs, articles, everybody seems like they're in search of their purpose. And if they don't have one, they feel hopeless. They're wandering through life, not specifically going through life or going through life with anything uh, specifically as a main goal of theirs or a target goal. They feel like they're lost. So if you, by defining your purpose, they feel more, I guess, uh, purposeful. They find more meaning in life, but what you just said, it's more about getting to know yourself on a daily basis. Well, I think at the end of the day, I mean, we're not taking any of this stuff with us when we leave. You know, it, it's this is a gift that we have. And I, I think far too many times we get caught up in the egoic mindset of thinking I'm supposed to have this or do this or, and we don't even know where those thoughts originated from and why they're there. So I, I think if there's any purpose is to know thyself. You know, the life lived that's unexamined is not worth living. And, um, you know, we can get caught up into this, this programming of I have to, have to, have to, have to do this, do this, do this, do this. And we're still just spinning our wheels when we've maybe never taken the time to just get to know who we are and what, what sure. this is and ask those questions. Again, that every life has its timing for that, for sure. You can't do that oftentimes at 23 if you're just starting a family or yeah. even young kids at times. But, and, you know, my, my, my only fear is really, honest to God, has never been death. Um, it's been getting to that moment of death and going, wow, I missed the whole plot. This whole thing was this beautiful, wonderful, magical game, and I missed it chasing after stuff that was shiny and that we, you know, thought was permanent, but it really wasn't. Yeah. And then I, I find what, by going this way, things just kind of fall, fall into place the right way. What needs to happen happens. You know, I, again, I, I believe in taking care of the body because the body is the vehicle in which that we're going to move through this life. And, um, and the rest of it is, you know, I, the older I get, the more I realize I really don't have a whole lot of control. They just kind of go with the flow of things. And, and it's, it does. When you flow through life, out. learn how to do that. As a surfer rides those big waves out in the Hawaiian oceans, it's, it's kind of magical to watch them do that. And I think life can be pretty much the same way. 
once you learn how to do it. it it's, it's really like letting go. And that's our, that's our hardest fear as human beings. And, and basically because of our conditioning too, we're told that we're supposed to be in control all the time. And the reality is we're not. And when we, you know, I'm not growing my hair. I'm not digesting my food. I'm not doing any You're of those things care right for now. You. Those are all processes that are taking, right. taking place. And, and somehow we create this separation of, you know, us and nature and us and everyone else. And I just, I no longer hold that belief. I just don't believe there's this separation between anything. It's a beautiful happening that's, that's taking place. And all of our stress and all of our, so many of our problems are based upon our resistance to what is. And that resistance then comes from the mind and from thinking, oh, it's supposed to be different than this. And then we have to ask, why do we think that? Well, because we've been conditioned to think, you know, you're supposed to have the, the nice car and the, you know, the 4.2 kids and the, 4,000 square foot house. You know, we, we see time and time again, that's not what makes people happy. We've seen it recently with suicides for people that supposedly had it. I've known people in the past that had everything that slowly and sometimes not so slowly were committing suicide. And I've seen people that have absolutely nothing, but they have peace because they're sure, kind of okay with what it is. On top of that list. Well, man, I yeah. appreciate your time. It was a great pleasure having you. You yeah. know, if you think yeah, of anything right else you want to share, good, good I really feel that the listeners will get some good value. Uh, out of this and anything else you have to share in upcoming episodes. So, Robert, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right back at you. Thank you. Okay.